0: Hey friend, this is going to be a reading of the Ungated Manifesto, which I just released yesterday, and I am really, really, really proud of. Honestly, I think it's the best thing that I have ever written. It's the most personal, the most vulnerable, the most, um, I don't know, it just gets to the heart of really who I am, where I come from. And, yeah, it gets it gets right to the heart of why Ungated exists and the bigger purpose behind this. Because it's not just a marketing website. It's not just a place for creators to, like, learn some business skills or whatever. Like, there is some, some deep world-changing shit at play here. But I don't want to spoil it. So, uh, without any further ado, I present to you
1: The Ungated Manifesto, which is subtitled The Pattern and the Battle for the Soul of the Internet. Brothers, sisters, fellow creators, artists,
0: and media professionals, we are gathered here today on this podcast to discuss the pattern. Once you see it, there is no unseeing it, but it's urgent that we open our eyes. Like a wildfire after years of drought, the pattern is ripping through our digital commons and seeping into the hearts and minds of humanity. The pattern is stifling our creative potential, it is poisoning our culture, and it's standing in the way of our ability to live well and flourish. In the chapters to come, I'm going to share my understanding of what the pattern is, along with the story of how I, Rob Hardy, became so intimately acquainted with it, time and time again. I will also share how I believe we can win this battle and restore
1: the creative soul of the internet. So if that sounds good to you, let us begin. Part one, the pattern emerges. I first noticed the pattern in the
0: summer of 2014. At the time, I was writing for one of the internet's largest filmmaking blogs and making a pretty freaking good living with it. Like pretty much all of the blogs of that era, the site made most of its money from advertising. So as contracted writers, we weren't employees, but contractors, generating page views was our mandate. Not only did the site depend on our ability to drive traffic, but like our paycheck literally depended on that as well. We only got paid if we got results. And in order to do that, we had two primary tools at our disposal that were really effective, and that's aggregation and clickbait. So it turns out, the workday of a quote-unquote professional blogger has very little to do with researching and thinking through things and writing original content. Instead, mostly what we spent our days doing was scouring the internet for other people's work. And when we found something with traffic generating potential, so maybe like a really cool video editing tutorial or the announcement of like a hyped up new camera, what we'd do is we would write a little summary about it, maybe sprinkle in some of our own opinion, give it a clickbait headline, it's the most important part, and then we would fire it off to our hundreds of thousands of Facebook followers because in those days, Facebook was how most media companies drove traffic. Lather, rinse, repeat multiple times a day for weeks, months, years on end. And you get the idea of how this blog operated. And frankly, that formula was a money printing machine. And for me, it was really easy work. It was good money. And my first year doing it was genuinely exhilarating. You know, it all felt really new, and for the first time ever in my life, I was getting paid to write, and not just paid to write like any old nonsense, but I was getting paid to write about a topic that I really loved, which was filmmaking. But the longer I stayed in it, the more I began to notice the pattern, and the more hopeless and cynical I became about my own creative prospects and the media ecosystem around me. So in the summer of 2014, I found myself grappling with an unshakable sense of boredom because I was writing articles like, um, I don't know, they might be titled Seven Unexpected Lighting Hacks to Make Your Videos More Cinematic or This New 6K Camera Will Revolutionize Cinematography Forever or whatever dumb bullshit. But after writing that type of article for like the 600th time, I felt an intuitive desire to write things that were, you know, a little bit more thoughtful and interesting and in depth. I wanted to go deeper into the craft of cinematography because that's what I was nerding out about. I wanted to go deeper into the psychology of creative, you know, of just creative work and creative living. So I tried a few times. But the lesson I learned again and again was that thoughtful long form content rarely drives traffic as well as lazily aggregated clickbait. There is one instance where I spent a month working on a long-form written interview with a Hollywood film editor. Like, I poured 25 to 30 hours into this thing, and we went so deep into his, his life story, how he didn't ever go to film school, but just sort of, like, worked his way into the industry. He had just, like, edited a blockbuster, so he talked about, about the craft of it and the technology of it and some of the aesthetic decisions that he'd made and how he collaborated with people, and it was so fucking good. And I was, I was just very proud. But then, of course, it flopped. No one read it. And this thing that I had cared so much about made less money than something I could have churned out in an hour in my sleep. So despite my dissatisfaction with the status quo, eventually I stopped trying so hard. I stopped caring. Part of me was yearning to do better work. Like There was a voice within that wanted to do better, that knew I was capable of more, but... I knew better than to heed its call. You know, I had student loans to pay off. And I, I knew where my paycheck came from. I knew how the sausage was made, so I stayed in that gig, churning out mediocrity for another 18 months. And that's the most important thing, or at least the first important thing, that you should know about the pattern. If we're not vigilant in our defense against it, it gradually turns us into cynics, or even nihilists ignoring that voice within that knows we're capable of more. And trust me, when you're living out of alignment with your values, you're, you're not heeding the call of that voice. You can feel it. It weighs on you. But in a world controlled by the pattern, it's easy to rationalize away that sense of discontent. When the economic incentives are stacked up against you, it's easy to convince you, or convince yourself that nothing matters. But even if you ignore that inner voice, it never goes away. It's always there, poking and prodding, reminding you that you're off track and that you have so much more to give. And there's something else I learned that summer. The pattern isn't just a personal phenomenon destroying our psyches and making us feel like shit about ourselves. No, it's bigger than that.
1: The pattern also plays out on a much, much wider scale. Part two, the cancer spreads. Just as the pattern wore me
0: down as a creator, so too did I come to despise it as a consumer. In those early years, filmmaking was my singular passion. Because, you know, film is just this rich tapestry woven from all of the other great art forms. Theater, music, photography, writing. And I had an insatiable curiosity to untangle it and understand it deeply. I wanted to learn everything I could about visual storytelling. I wanted to go deeper into the lives and the minds of the people behind my favorite films. And I wanted to explore like all the really weird, technical, nerdy, wonky details of this crazily complex craft. And in theory, my job as a professional blogger and curator and aggregator should have given me a front row seat to all of that. Because, like, after all, my paycheck hinged on my ability to hover over this corner of the internet like a ravenous hawk, desperate to find its next meal. Nothing interesting or newsworthy could happen in the world of filmmaking without us pouncing on it. And for that first year that I was in that gig, I was stoked. I gorged myself, drinking deeply from the fire hose of information. But in the summer of 2014, just as I was getting bored of my own creative work, I also found myself fed up with the space as a whole. Because it turns out it wasn't just our site playing those cynical aggregation games. It was everyone. It was all of us. Because once I saw the pattern on our blog, I saw it everywhere. The entire ecosystem of filmmaking blogs and photography blogs and podcasts and YouTube channels was recycling news and churning out half-baked content at a remarkable pace. From my perch, atop the ecosystem, I could watch a story break and then spread from one aggregator to the next, eventually blanketing our entire corner of the internet in a thick smog of mediocrity. And truly, it was pretty cool to watch, you know, from maybe like, a, like, an, um, like an anthropological perspective. It was just fascinating to behold. But increasingly, I found myself craving well-crafted, nourishing, informational meals. That is what I wanted for myself. But instead, all I could find was an abundance of mass-produced, nutritionally void food substance, fresh off of a soulless assembly line. And this is how I came to be totally disillusioned. Within the span of about six months, the pattern destroyed my own creative outlook, my own creative sense of self, along with a corner of the internet that I wanted so badly to love. And trust me, it's not just the filmmaking space either. I'm willing to bet that you've noticed the pattern play out in your favorite corners of the internet. I'm almost sure of it, because like I said, once you see it, you can never unsee it. I noticed it next in the world of indie film, and not with content about filmmaking, mind you, but in the films themselves, because it turns out, after you've seen a couple dozen indie films, they all kind of start blending together. They hue to the same genre conventions, they use the same story structures, they rely on the same aesthetic choices, and strangely enough, they often feature the exact same actors playing eerily similar roles. Like, even the trailers and posters, which are tools designed to differentiate a project and get people, like, really excited for it, tend to blend together really quickly. Seeing the pattern play out in this arena broke my fucking heart. The draw of indie filmmaking, at least in theory, is to be able to take risks and tell stories that Hollywood never could. Like, this is where creativity and originality and resourcefulness are supposed to shine, and while, you know, that does occasionally happen, um, I say, I'll just, like, interject here as Rob again. I just saw a movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once, twice in the theaters over the last couple weeks and it is the best thing i have ever seen this is the pinnacle of indie film what indie film can be so go catch it go find it on like a vod platform or something but anyhow while that does occasionally happen where people inject their creativity and originality and resourcefulness into a project mostly it just does not happen and just like every other limb of the media corpus The creative decisions in the indie film world are mostly driven by a set of economic incentives, along with a culture of mimicry, status-seeking, and insecurity. And you mix those toxic ingredients up, and what you're left with is a really predictable stew of conformist mediocrity. And don't even get me started on YouTube. Fucking YouTube. So over the last decade, I've lived through a number of phases in which I'd hone in on some new topic that I was really excited about, and then I would consume as much information as I could about it. Like, I'd loved going down the rabbit hole. So there was a personal development phase, a marketing and online business phase, and there were also phases for minimalism, jazz guitar, hockey, psychology, productivity, and uh, politics. And you may already sense this, but the political realm is where the pattern is at its most ugly and its most destructive. (sighs) Ah, That's a whole other conversation, but the point is that I have spent ungodly amounts of time watching videos on all of the topics above with YouTube's almighty algorithm supposedly serving up the best of the best for me. But with each new YouTube rabbit hole that I would go down, after the initial novelty wore off, I'd start to notice all of the videos blending together. Patterns would emerge. Every YouTube bro would start off by enthusiastically telling me to smash that like button and hit subscribe. You know, before launching into something eerily indistinguishable from everything else surrounding it. To me, it began to feel like YouTubers were but puppets reading from the same boring script handed down to them from on high. And in each instance, once I noticed the pattern playing out again... I just gave up trying to find new information because I knew it was done for me. I knew that I couldn't stay waiting around in those waters. And one of the places that I tried to seek refuge was in books. But it turns out, much like the blogging industry, much like indie films, much like YouTube, and much like every single social media platform, whether it's YouTube or whether it's Twitter or Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram or whatever. It turns out that once you've read a handful of books on any given subject, you have read them all. Because most every new nonfiction book is filled with the same cheap anecdotes and platitudes. They're 20 pages of recycled generic advice padded out by like 200 pages of nonsense filler. And I've heard from, fi- from friends in both the fiction and literary worlds that the pattern is just as prevalent in those books as well. And I've heard similar things from the front lines of the music industry. From the podcast world. Everywhere. I don't know which corners of the internet I'll be drawn to next. But I do know that the pattern will be there waiting for me. And frankly, it just fills me with absolute fucking dread. Can you also feel it? That nagging sense that there's a cancer spreading through the internet? That sense that humanity's greatest invention has been captured by mediocrity and bad incentives and cowardice?
1: Can you feel the vastness of the potential that is being squandered here. Part three, the tyranny of freedom. <sighs> I've never been much of a New Year's resolution guy, but as the clock struck
0: midnight and 2014 came to an end, I knew I needed an exit plan from the filmmaking blog. The money was great, but thanks to the pattern I was dead inside, So I resolved to escape. So over the first few months of 2015, I started laying some groundwork. I took a few courses on copywriting. I learned the nuts and bolts of freelancing. And most importantly, I started my own online business aimed at indie filmmakers. My plan, at least the one I had in my head, was that I would use all of the freelancing income to give me the time and space required to build something real, meaningful, good, true. Like, I was intent on breaking the pattern with my first business. I was intent on finally
1: doing creative work that I could be proud of. And just like that, I was on the path towards freedom. Or so I thought.
0: Back in those days, my understanding of the pattern was still fairly limited. I pinned the blame on certain business models. More specifically, I thought advertising poisoned everything it touched and inevitably led to bad incentives along with a flood of mediocre media. So in my first business, I opted to monetize through products and services. And in my case, I started creating online courses for filmmakers. And later on, I started coaching. In theory, that should have created the proper incentives to do thoughtful, long-form writing. And indeed, in my first year of running that business, I published a few pieces that I am still ridiculously proud of to this day. And another interjection from current Rob here. If you go to the written version of this piece, I actually link to a few of those those old things that I wrote that I think are pretty dope. Anyhow. But beneath the surface, an even sneakier, more pernicious version of the pattern was taking root and sinking its claws into me. Because it turns out, the pattern has little to do with business models and everything to do with our collective inability to grapple with insecurity, ambiguity, uncertainty, and fear. In my case, I quickly learned that freelancing isn't an easy or glamorous way to make a living. Feast or famine is the norm, especially for new freelancers. There are periods where it's going great, you've got enough clients, and your bank account is full. Then there are also periods of near destitution, where new clients are nowhere to be found and old ones won't return your emails. I have vacillated between those two extremes throughout 2016 and 17, and I was constantly in a state of financial security, or scarcity. And during those periods of financial insecurity, I started putting increasing amounts of pressure on my online business. It was no longer acceptable to take my time and play the long game with it. I needed it to pay off big and as quickly as possible. This desire for short-term results led me directly into the arms of the online marketing industrial complex and into a reincarnated zombie version of the pattern. If you spent any time... Exploring the worlds of online business and marketing, you know the space is overflowing with gurus and hucksters promising to teach you the secrets of building a successful business. Just follow my simple five-step formula, they'll tell you, and you'll be making six figures sipping daiquiris on a tropical beach in 90 days. Okay, guy. Or more subtle forms. They'll say things like, your business is not successful yet because you're not using... and then they'll fill in the blank with some flavor-of-the-month marketing tactic. Maybe it's guest blogging or Facebook ads or chatbots or high-ticket sales or evergreen launches or email automation. And on and on and on and on. There's always a new one. Look, I consider myself a fairly savvy guy with a healthy dose of skepticism towards scammy nonsense that seems too good to be true. My mama didn't raise no fool. But here's the thing. When I'm in a state of financial insecurity, it's like my brain gets hijacked. I go into survival mode and start looking for anything, even deeply irrational things that'll make me feel safe and like I'm in control. So in those early years of my business when I was in a constant state of not enough, I whipped out my overtaxed credit card more times than I care to admit. Wasting money on courses is one thing, but I... My big mistake was that I took what I learned in those courses and I injected it straight into my fledgling business. I followed the best practices. I ran the playbooks. I trusted the experts. I started creating lead magnets, building funnels, writing long pressure-filled sales pages. The writing on my blog became increasingly focused on driving traffic, growing my list, and demonstrating that I, too, was an expert. None of it felt particularly aligned with how I wanted to show up in the world, but in fact, a lot of it felt kind of scummy to me, but you know, the clock was ticking and I had bills to pay and I was on the path to freedom and I wanted to reach that desired state of freedom sooner rather than later. But as I learned, none of these best practices worked half as well as promised, nor as quickly, but me, I'm stubborn as hell, so I kept at it. And after three years, I didn't need freelancing anymore. My little business covered all of my living expenses, and I was ostensibly free. You know, quote-unquote free. But much in the same way that the luster of the filmmaking blog had worn off after the first year, so too was I disillusioned with the business I'd built. Sure, I was making an okay living, but I was fucking miserable. I'd gone all in on the things that I was supposed to do, adding value, building funnels, launching courses, the whole nine yards. And it all left me feeling empty, deflated, uninspired. I'm not the only one either. Over the last two years that I've been running on Gated, I have met so many creators, including outwardly successful ones, who are making a really, really good living for themselves. But they're unhappy, and they feel trapped. They joined the creator economy to pursue a life of freedom and creativity and connection, so they followed all the rules, they followed the best practices, they did everything right, yet still ended up constructing a prison for themselves, just as soul-crushing as any day job that preceded it. It turns out that many of us have this, this intuitive sense that we want to
1: escape the pattern, but it's all too easy to end up right back in its grips. Part 3.5, an explanatory interlude.
0: All right, so far I have been a little bit coy about what the pattern is. And frankly, that's because it's not just one thing. It's a complex emergent phenomenon driven by the interplay of several ingredients. Here are the big ones. First, an environment of irresistible (laughs) Irresistible short-term incentives that blind us to long-term possibility. As humans, we're evolutionary wired to prioritize short-term gain. Hunter-gatherers, after all, had no use for five-year plans, and those instincts are still within us. Combine that with our current economic system, ad-driven business models, and algorithmic social media platforms, all of which visibly reward cynical short-term games. And you've got the perfect recipe to get lots of people prioritizing what's easy, quick, and shallow. And trust me here, there's so much opportunity waiting for people who do deep, meaningful work and who play long games, but our wiring and our current environment make it so, so difficult to see those possibilities and to actually trust them. Second, mimetic desire and rivalry. This is yet another thing that's baked into human nature. Put simply, we want what we perceive others to want. We look around, we find people who appear to be successful in high status, and then we start playing the same games as them. And often this happens intuitively or even subconsciously. And if you've ever wondered why so much of the creator economy looks like a pyramid scheme with course creators who teach other creators how to sell courses to creators who eventually sell their own courses on course creation to other unsuspecting creators, mimesis, my friends, is at the heart of the matter. Man, that was a hell of a sentence. I'm proud of myself for writing that one. Anyhow, third reason, our innate psychological needs around safety, certainty, and control. Creative work and entrepreneurship are by nature uncertain. They're also intimately tied to our sense of self-worth. So the danger that we perceive isn't just financial, but existential. And beyond that, Safety is a core need for all of us. We crave certainty. We love feeling like we're in control. So when crafty marketers come along and offer those feelings to us on a silver platter, most of us, myself included, jump at the opportunity. It eases the tension building up in our head and it makes us feel like we found a cheat code. But in reality, all we've really found is a fast track back into the arms of the pattern. So put more directly, the pattern is partly about the systems we live in. It's partly about our innate drive to fit in, compete, and seek status. And it's partly about wanting to feel secure in an increasingly complex, chaotic world. I'm not naive. The pattern is extraordinarily fucking powerful. It follows us wherever we go because, in fact, it's a reflection of the human condition itself. In Jungian terms, the pattern is an, is an extension of our shadow, those darker parts of ourselves that we shove away and try to ignore. But we can't escape it because it's a part of who we are. Beyond that, we can't change our economic systems overnight. We can't change our biological makeup, and we can't reorganize our psyche at the snap of a finger. Breaking the pattern is an uphill battle, and perhaps it's even a quixotic one. But despite
1: all of that, I believe we can win. In fact, I believe we will win. Part 4. How We Win The COVID
0: lockdowns were my wake-up call. By that point, I was making a decent living with Filmmaker Freedom. In 2019, the business pulled in around $55,000, And had I kept going in 2020, it likely would have done more. Sure, deep down I could sense that I wasn't happy or fulfilled, but when I was caught up in the day-to-day frenzy of running the business, it was easy to ignore those signals and rationalize them away. I'll just be happy when I'm finally making six figures a year with my business, I told myself. Okay. Yeah. But in retrospect, those first two months of lockdown turned out to be a precious gift. I was too shaken and anxious to actually work on my business, and I couldn't go anywhere. And given that space, that time to step back and reflect, I came face-to-face with just how miserable I was. I saw clearly how I'd been living out of alignment with my values. I could no longer lie to myself. If I stayed on this path, it would keep eating away at my spirit, and I would end up on my deathbed full of regret. That's a test I've started using a lot in the last two years. When I encounter some new decision or some fork in the road, I ask myself, will I regret having done this or not having done this as I'm laying on my deathbed? You know, it's a bit morbid, it's a bit uncomfortable, but damn, is that a clarifying question because it always points me in the direction that my soul yearns to go. And it usually undermines the stories that my intellect has spun up for why I'm not allowed to go there. For the last two years, every time I've run the quote-unquote deathbed test, it's pointed me in the same direction. There just is no denying it anymore. If I don't do everything in my power to break the pattern in my own work and in my own life, and if I don't do everything in my power to help others do the same... I will end up on my deathbed overcome with regret. And I find that just absolutely fucking unacceptable. So let's get to the heart of the matter and why we're here. If I've done my job correctly, you see the pattern now. You've probably felt it for years, but now you see it. Like you really see it. And chances are you will never be able to unsee it either, because I certainly haven't. And with this newfound sense of awareness, you get to make a choice. Will you flow along with the pattern or will you attempt to break it? But please know there's no shame in deciding or declaring that this is not my work and then spending your days on something else. Like we all have one life to live. And if you don't feel called to fight this battle, I really hope you find another one that lights you up. But if you've made it this far down the page or in this case, down the podcast or into the podcast, I suspect that you feel what I feel. Your intellect sees the ways the status quo is broken and your heart, despite not having all the answers, knows a more beautiful world is possible. And most importantly, I'm willing to bet you have a sense that you are capable of so much more in your creative work, your business, and everywhere else. If that's the case for you, I'd like to invite you to fight alongside me. That starts with making a decision right here, right now, today, to commit to the messy, uncertain, long term work of breaking the pattern. Now, to be perfectly honest with you, I do not have all of the answers for how we beat this thing. Like I said, it's a complex phenomenon that always defies easy answers. But that's why this place, this podcast, this universe of ungated exists. My work here is to thoroughly explore the question of how we break the pattern, do creative work we're proud of, and live meaningful, flourishing lives in the brief flash of consciousness we're gifted as we all just float along on this giant space rock. Ever since I founded Ungated in those first precious months after the pandemic, I've been in exploration mode. I've been running a lot of random experiments in creativity and marketing, and though there's still so much that i do not know there are a few pieces of the puzzle puzzle that have fallen into place for me it finally feels like i am starting to break the pattern in my own life and i would like to share what i've learned first things first we need to accept that the pattern originates within then act accordingly we can delude ourselves into thinking that this is just about external factors like capitalistic systems and business models and incentives, but I believe the real work of breaking the pattern begins by understanding our inner world and then doing the messy work of healing the wounds we find there. My suspicion is that getting ourselves to a place of deep okayness, which is a term coined by a, dude, like a writer I admire named Sasha Chapin. But my suspicion is that getting ourselves to a place of deep okayness is far and away the most important work in this fight. Because when we know deep in our bones that we are enough exactly as we are and that we'll be okay no matter what the world throws at us, we lay the strongest foundation possible for the journey ahead because the pattern nourishes itself on our fears and insecurities. The pattern runs on uncertainty and self-doubt. So let's strike at the root and take away its primary fuel source. From there, actively choose to subvert the pattern in the external world in ways both large and small. That means tossing aside the formulas and best practices and striving to produce creative work no one else but you could. It means choosing to play long, infinite games with your marketing and business. It means making friends and building positive sum relationships it means trusting your intuition, telling the truth, and trusting others. It means walking your own path, even when it's uncomfortable or unpopular. But most of all, it means doing whatever it takes to nourish that inner voice and to keep your creative spark alive. Because if there's one thing I know, it's that putting pressure on your creativity to pay the bills immediately is a surefire recipe for summoning the pattern. Don't fall into that trap like I did, please. Get a day job if you have to. Do whatever you have to do. Just take your time and keep your spark alive. Third, we must find the others. And this, I believe, is the most important step we can take in affecting change in the external world. Be courageous enough to shout your authentic creative work into the void, knowing that it won't connect with many people, but it will connect, and it will matter, to the right people. If there's anything that breaks the pattern, it's finding your true fans and knowing that your work actually matters to someone. The more you feel just how nourishing that is, the harder it gets to return to a life of pumping generic content into the belly of the algorithmic beast in in hopes of getting a few likes and shares. Once you've tasted the real thing, there is no going back and it's the same for your fans as well. They're starving for meaningful creativity in a world full of junk and they'll never be able to look at the cheap stuff the same way again once they've tasted the real thing. And you get enough creators working in diverse niches making sure their audiences are fed up with the cheap stuff and all of a sudden the incentives of the entire internet will begin to shift and producing good original work will become a dominant cultural norm. In addition, finding your true fans we must also find and connect with other creators who are playing the same game as us because fighting the pattern alone is a is a perfect recipe for burnout and disaffection it's just too heavy a burden for one person to carry as the old proverb goes, if you want to go fast go alone but if you want to go far go together this is how we cultivate shared knowledge, encourage and lift each other up in hard times, and develop senius or communal genius. The pattern is an unwieldy, multifaceted beast, but if you get hundreds, even thousands, of creators working together on becoming a smarter and more capable foe, it's only a matter of time before we defeat this fucking thing. And this, by the way, is why my community, the Ungated Collective, exists. You can find more about that on the website. Finally, we must keep going. Many of our efforts to combat the pattern will fall short. We may even have entire seasons of life where the pattern gets the best of us. In fact, we should probably expect that it at will and extend to ourselves grace, compassion, and patience. For as long as the inner spark stays lit, there is hope and you will live to fight another day. One of my deepest held beliefs is that creativity in its many forms is humanity's greatest gift and our most potent source of strength. We're at our best both individually and as a species when we're creatively and courageously confronting the world in front of us. The pattern is the greatest threat to creativity in all of its many forms, and it is going to take every ounce of courage we can muster if we're to defeat it and restore the soul of the internet. As for how my story ends, I don't know. Like yours, my story is still being written. All I know is that I'm choosing a life in opposition to the pattern.
1: I'm choosing to take the harder, more uncertain path. And I sincerely hope that you'll join me. That's all for today, friends. Signing off, and uh, hope you dug it. Peace.